everybody welcome back to the friday night dinner podcast i'm your host curtis with me as always is dr stephanie sarkis phd you can find over at stephaniesarkis.com how are you today Steph? i'm good how are you doing well thanks how's the weather your way oh it's uh it's hot it's 85 feels like 105 i think <laughs> yeah but you have a, so i'm curious so you don't so i learned in canada Instead, we have a heat index that mm-hmm. says like how hot it feels. You have something called a humid humid dex or something. Oh, do we? What? You have like a different. Yeah, it's interesting. You have a different. It's not called a heat index. You have a something something. I can't remember it. I just know temperatures. Well, it's like a hum. It's like a humidex, or I, not even that. But anyways, I just thought that was interesting that you have a different. You know, it's like we're 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 very alike in a lot of ways. In other ways, we're completely different. This is true. So, yeah, like you have gators down there. We don't have gators up here. We don't have gators. We have grizzly bears. We don't have much poutine. Yeah, yeah no. But no. I would welcome more poutine here. Yeah, poutine is pretty great. Yeah, I've been to some places in Quebec where like the poutine is like an entire meal where in like some parts of oh, Canada yeah. it's like just a side mm-hmm. dish but like you go to some places they put like meat and vegetables on it and it's like a whole ordeal mm-hmm. so oh you have a humidex it's called a humidex interesting it's so you have a whole different range of measuring humidity so you have 20 to 29 is comfortable 30 to 39 is some discomfort 40 to 45 is great discomfort and above 45 is dangerous so when you're so when your temperatures were in that you know when they were like 110 where you live I'm assuming you're your Humidex range was above 45. I don't even know. I and didn't even know we had a Humidex. Canadian Center for Occupational Health and Safety. Hmm? I didn't even know we had a Humidex. I, well, I saw it, there was something on TikTok or, or YouTube or something that showed like a dog that wandered onto a newscast or weathercast. And, oh. And, yeah, and the guy was talking about the Humidex. And I'm like, Humidex? That sounds pretty cool. So it turns out that that's something that you have in Canada that we do not have. Hmm. So there you go. Everybody knows that the canon of the humanist. Well, not everybody, but everybody listening. I sometimes get a little <laughs> addicted to like finding good old Canadian humor on TikTok, and I'll spend my days just like browsing through TikTok, laughing at some of the jokes. Oh, and um, on the next episode, I think Sebastian Bach from Canada. Yeah. You know, he, he shows is. up as a guitarist. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That was my like comment about that. Which is funny because I have uh, I know someone who's going through the show and they're a big like rock metal person and they were like, "Okay, I was oh, liking yeah. the show," and then Sebastian Bach comes on and I'm like, "What?" I'm like, "Yep, that's how that's how Gilmore Girls rolls." Right. Um, An episode with Nick Offerman and Sebastian Bach, but that's next episode. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, we're at least for this episode talking about season four episode six of gilmore girls called an affair to remember um yeah uh it uh largely focuses on emily's plans for a launch party for richard's new business uh and she hires lorelei and suki to be the caterers um and uh yeah things don't go too well because imagine that digger the new partner of richard thinks let's take him all to vegas and part of me is thinking these guys all have to be around the same age as um richard right yeah so i don't 
if I had to choose between taking him to Vegas or doing like a classy dinner, I would probably say the dinner party would probably be right. a better idea. So I was like, that's. I wouldn't want to be stuck with Digger for a weekend, like that. Yeah. It seems like a little much. That's but a lot to ask. somebody seems into Digger at least. Oh yeah. Yeah. We have. Yeah, Lore- Lorelai's like, oh, Digger. I mean, at first she storms into his office and is very mad at him because because of him, she's out of a job. Because she's because she's gonna rescue, right? Yeah. She's going to rescue her mom and yeah. sticking up for her. And then, then she finds the fact that her mother doesn't like Digger, as Digger points out, as a very appealing reason to go out with him. Yeah, which is, I mean, that's kind of in line with Lorelai. Lorelai does things mm-hmm. sometimes to agitate Emily. So dating somebody that she knows her mom would disapprove of, that I could see mm-hmm. that making sense. Like that seems in line with something Lorelai would do. Uh, well, we already that's... know that Digger. Oh, go ahead. Oh no, you go ahead. Well, we already know that Digger is okay with irritating or angering his parents because he's joined up in practice with um, what's his name? Richard. <laughs> I know Edward Herman. What? What's Emily and and Richard? Richard. So yeah. he, he's teamed up with Richard, and the whole purpose of it was to upset his dad, right? Because mm-hmm. his dad owns the firm that. Richard was fired from. Yeah. So we already know that he's got this streak in him that he he is totally good with upsetting his parents. Mm-hmm. But I didn't see any chemistry between the two of them. Did you? I I think uh, it's like they're back and forth, like they're verbal kind of talking. I think they came across as having some chemistry that way. And then there's the Emily and Richard thing. I don't think that would be nearly enough to sustain a relationship, but at least from Lorelai's perspective, she's got a guy who is fairly interesting. Like she seems intrigued by him, I think. You know, and, and I think this also actually tells a story about knocking her over in the canoe at yeah. summer camp because he wanted to see her wet T-shirt, and then she's like, "Oh, this is great date material." Yeah, like that. That doesn't. That just yeah, but seems like, so at the same time too, like Lorelai's kind of like I don't know. She she's not always classy. I mean, she's she she like there was the bouncing balls joke or something. Was that this episode? I'm sure I, I think it was, it was this episode. The next one, yeah. Yeah, where like some Emily makes a joke about balls and she laughs. So like, I'm not expecting Lorelai to necessarily be above a joke like that but um i don't even think that i mean emily wasn't even making a joke and and lorelei just ran with it yeah yeah i mean she's got moments where you realize yeah she's she's what 32 in the show yeah like not that old really i mean she does have more common with digger than we think i think so i think digger represents her in a way at least that's what she thinks i think is like and she knows that world that he's from. Yeah, they're from the same world. In a way, Digger is rebelling against that world as well. Like he grew up with his parents, and he's kind of mm-hmm. rebelling against that. I think Lorelai sees a bit of herself in Digger. Um, mm-hmm. I, again, whether that's enough to sustain a relationship, I don't know. But well, I do know. But I'm not gonna say. I'm not gonna say what happens. Um, 
But uh, yeah, I, Digger Digger's here to stay. Actually, no, interestingly enough, he's like in the main credits of the show. So, you know, really, he gets full billing, unlike a lot of other characters that are really just like they they show up in the episode but they're not really in the credits at all like digger even though he's relatively new to the show he's already in the credits so hearing his contract signed yeah yeah huh. i just want to imagine he was he's just like that real life and he just bartered a really good deal with amy sherman fellow right, right. like he doesn't negotiate yeah 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 <laughs> um so yeah and i mean there's also the bit of the joke this episode that like you know Lorelai had to like try to find a way to appease her mom and like yeah they were going through the whole like will Emily like this food that they have or not and all this other stuff and I think right. for Lorelai and Suki it was this idea that like they did everything right at least in their eyes and Emily agreed to this and even despite all that it still didn't work out which I think sucks the most for them Right. But you also have this thing where Sookie didn't even check with Lorelai before entertaining the idea of catering for their for her mom's thing. You would think that, because Sookie knows the whole history and everything, that she would at yeah. least check with Lorelai. Mm-hmm. But I also know that, too, she's got a baby coming and, you know, their funds are... I think she said that, like, their money's getting kind of tight or whatever. Yeah. So, I mean, I could also see that, but, but there's something about that that's, like, you don't do that to your friend, especially if you know that the parent and the kid have a contentious relationship. Yeah. And that well, really is the way she is. I think even if she didn't just know, like, even if she didn't know, like still just let asking her if it's okay, would probably right. be a good thing. Like they're business partners. And yeah. So he just seems to come to her and be like, I have a thing we're doing. And it's like, did you run this by anybody? Like, don't think right, so. Cause doing business with a family is in general that it just, it gets difficult. Yeah, I mean, that's one of the things they do is I see families that have businesses together, and it creates it can create a lot of conflict. You have to have a lot of boundaries and rules in place. Yes, so you just don't do that. But um, the one thing I did like about this episode, at least, was like Emily and Digger. Like, even though they're being polite and smiling at each other, they're trading quips and just kind of jabbing with each other, which is kind of interesting. That mm-hmm. like, you know, Emily's the kind of person like she's not. She's not always in like outwardly mean. Like she'll be very polite, but she also has some. It's a snake in the grass. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so for her to meet her match, I think it's kind of interesting. I I, I don't. Mm-hmm. Uh, jury's still out for me it's on whether I think Digger is an interesting character, but I do like that at the very least, he's mildly you know able to keep up with Emily. So. And she's not used to someone saying no to her. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, and then also Kirk, it goes on a date, and it goes well, so go Kirk. So, that was, that was very I nice. love that he practiced, too. I because also like, too, that, like, the date started going well, and he asked Luke for a room, and then right, he's like, yeah, in my apartment. Like, yeah, right, she's, she's still there, and she's not leaving yet, and yeah. we get some information from uh, Luke. Yeah, so it was very, you know... Uh, Kirk is a character oftentimes is made fun of, made the butt jokes. And I think even he starts to like be like, yeah, like I, I, he's a little self-deprecating in a way. And it was nice to see him have a good, solid win. Like, 
Well, yeah, they... I think you know, he he has some challenges in life. Yeah. I don't think yeah. they've ever really kind of looked into that before. Also, can we maybe you like soft, softly confirm that Kirk is a Republican? Oh, he, when he mentioned John, uh, no, that's next up as he mentions John Hancock. He did the, uh, have the mailbox with Condoleezza Rice, and he made a compliment about her mouth or something like that. <laughs> I thought that was I thought that was a really poor taste. That felt, I don't think that was right today. That felt awkward. Also, too, there was a moment later in the episode, speaking of, like, moments where I was like, that went on fly today, where... There was, there was a some... Yeah, yeah, from Digger, and I was like, oh, boy. I, you know, and, and some people have emailed in or mentioned to me outside of the show and said, like, I don't, like how do you feel about this? And, and I say a lot of other shows and movies at this time were very homophobic. I don't want to say that makes it right, but... I think it was a more... lot of them. Sorry, but I think I don't think I don't know if a lot of them, but at this point they knew better. I don't at know, this point like, they knew better. Like I, I remember I watched the movie Shaun of the Dead not that long ago, and they made like a few homophobic remarks in that, and they were like just passing it off as it's okay. And I was actually looking it up because I was sort of curious about this, like what was homophobia like in the, the early two thousands. And apparently at the time, George W. Bush, uh, he was seeking re-election. And part of his campaign, there was a, there was some good amount of homophobia involved. So mm-hmm. I I think there's always been, but I think that the George W. and and not just George W., other people running problems have made it part of their platform. That was the whole, you know, that family yes. value stuff. And so it was interesting to think and, that, like, at this time, you have a sitting president who's making this a big part of his thing. There's, I'm sure at the time, people who were still unsure of, like, homosexuality or uh, LGBTQ or anything like that. So I, I do chalk it up to the times a little bit. I, I also do think that, like, if you went to the creators yeah. and writers and all that and were like, would you take that out now i almost guarantee you they probably would but they, they would i well there would have been uh, yeah there would have been more of an uproar about it but i think also the line is such a stupid line and it and yeah. it doesn't add to anything it yeah. just makes bigger look like a jerk and maybe that's why but yeah. was it where he says like waltzing is gay or something like yeah it, it's just a very weird like it, it it's it was like a line thrown in just to be like a an edgy line do you know what i mean like it didn't really add anything so i'm like why even put it in there because it didn't even yeah have any relevance again i but think yeah, it was probably just something that was more widely accepted i mean like i'll be even honest too like back when i was younger you would use some homophobic remarks and you didn't realize you were but i think now everyone knows better but i i, I just wanted to take a moment to mention that because i do think the show largely i think it's doing it with the idea that it was more widely accepted back then and nowadays well then with the next episode we have um we have some ableist comments so we'll talk about that yeah um so yeah there are some things i think that yeah were more likely to be used but also the line is such a throwaway line there really was it's really ridiculous that they had to stoop to that for that line because it doesn't even it doesn't even really work I, it's like they, it's almost like they had to go out of their way to to, to use that line. I, it's a very weird. I also took it too as like them maybe trying to like confirm the digger is not gay, like trying to be like, oh yeah, he would be into Lorelai. But well, I mean, her him asking her, I would confirm that. No, 
Yeah. Well, no. I'm, yeah, and I'm not even saying that it couldn't have been done better because I think it could have been. But part that to me read as a case of the not gays, which is like a writing term for saying that like you have to find a way to sort of make a character inherently come across as not gay. So you either give them actions that go counter to that, or you know, you just try really to paint it. Sorry. Is that really a thing? Yeah. In write in TV writing. Yeah. Huh. Like so, for instance, like. When a movie has, like, a male protagonist and it'll give, like, a female, like, side character, that character, like, may just be there entirely so that the people understand that the character is not gay. And then they kind of went on a homophobic thing with the next episode, too. Yeah. With a woman at the emergency town meeting. Yeah. So, I mean, it just, I wouldn't, I don't know if it's homophobic, but it was inappropriate. Yeah. To the point oh, yeah. Rory pointed out how inappropriate it was. So, I mean, yeah, but, I mean, that episode was written by Daniel Palladino. This one was written by Amy Sherman Palladino, wasn't it? Yeah, it was, yeah. So, anyways. I thought the mailbox was, was in poor taste. Yeah, I, I did think it was a little weird. Like, I thought it was just in there. It's like a topical joke. But the more I thought about it, I'm like, that's just, yeah. Why, why that? Like, yeah. Right. And I think they have one with George W. Bush too. There was a male one, but just the but just the it was just I, I found it just to be rude and crass, but Yeah. Anyways. Uh Kirk and his date goes well. Lulu's here to stay. So good job, Kirk. And I think we see Lindsay in the beginning of one of the episodes, right? Or no that no, that's probably next episode. Y- yeah. No Dean in this episode or the next one. No, thank goodness. We could all use a little <laughs> less Dean in our lives. <laughs> Although I and was thinking... Out to... Oh, go ahead. Because somebody asked me today who which character of Gilmore Girls is my least favorite. And I really had to think about it. I think as much as I don't like Dean, I don't like Christopher, there's a character that I dislike more than both of them. So we'll, we'll see. character that we have not yeah. yeah, I don't want to spoil it because it's a pretty big spoiler, but there's a character who I find more obnoxious and annoying than both of them. So. Than Taylor? No, I I don't mind Taylor because I mm. I know people like Taylor. Like, there's those people that are just really into, like, community events and stuff like that. And, yeah, they're mm-hmm. not the friendliest or not the nicest, but, you know, I don't know. I like I, There's people like Taylor out there in the world. I mean, there's people like oh. Dean and Christopher too, I'm sure. But like, I don't know. I think I have a little more sympathy because I'm like, I, you know what? At least Taylor, as selfish as and enterprising as he is, like he does, you know, he does care about the town, and I, I think that should count for something. Even if there are times where people are just wanting to pull their hair out because of him. So, mm. um, I just don't like him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I think it's just he's a character that naturally runs against the other characters, right? Like, you you have well, yeah, him yeah, there. Yeah, he provides that antagonism. Yeah. 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 But it's interesting. It's that, like, the show has antagonists, but they're not villains. Like Emily's an antagonist. He got kind of villainy, I think last episode wasn't it? Last episode we were talking about how he crossed the line. Last episode, I remember what he did. Yeah. But I mean, oh, it was with uh, it was with like basically holding Lorelai's remodeling plans hostage. Yeah. until she could get luke to agree to something like that was that was weird yeah but like i don't know even like emily emily could be considered an antagonist but she's not a villain like she just has 
I'd also want. I'd also say there's sometimes where she gets pretty bad. Yeah, yeah. Like trying to drag Lori into her issues with Lorelai when Lori wasn't having it. Mm-hmm. So there I... are times where yeah, or, or the way she treats the staff to the point where one sued her, or a couple of them <laughs> sued her for. That was interesting. Um, I I felt bad for Emily in this episode because I got the impression that like she really like as much as this party was for Richard and Digger and their part like associates or whatever, like really the party was for her. Like in her eyes, like this is just what a wife like her does. So, mm-hmm. you know, I think and she, she also does for other organizations too. So this is kind of, she enjoys it. Yeah. So I, I felt and those winter soup that Sookie was describing sounded really good. Yeah. Was it butternut squash? And so I was really into the food. Yeah. Oh yeah, there was some pretty good there was some good food stuff in this episode. And Rory starts showing a little bit of the obnoxiousness, I would say, in this episode, the next one. Um oh, know, she's upset that there's all these she comes home unannounced from college and gets upset that they're keeping food in her room because they had all these broccoli tarts or whatever. Yeah. And she flips out because she, you know, she has this. Was this episode where she found somebody sitting in her tree or is that next yeah, episode? That was this episode, which also, like, that's, yeah, she's very entitled in the sense that, like, yeah. And then. Sit on the other side of the tree. Yeah. Or, and, like, the fact yeah. that she gave the guy $20, like. See, this is where I'm saying, like, my prediction is, is that she's going to start, um, having difficulty accepting that she's a regular person mm-hmm. you know like like just to pay somebody so here her mother's clipping coupons right and i don't know if that's episode the next one or she's using like the what off-brand yeah this was this episode no next episode next episode rory's complaining about her mother using coupons and this one she's paying somebody 20 bucks so you know you kind of wonder to use a tree Mm. So you kind of wonder, is she getting money, like, on the side from the grandparents? Or what? Yeah. I Well, I know oh, she's... Paying somebody to sit on her tree is next episode. Sorry? Paying somebody to sit on her tree is next episode. This episode, she realized she can't study in the dorm room because you've got Paris ignoring Jamie's calls. You've got Janet jumping on the trampoline because she, to avoid shin splints. You have Tana... Uh, um, you know, watching the TV and she can hear it and so she can't study anywhere so then she goes home and sees that she has tartlets all over her room, broccoli tartlets and then she gets upset about that and Lorelai's basically like, deal with it <laughs> you know, nobody expected you to come home yeah. the world is on you next episode is when she pays somebody off to use the tree okay I mean it all so kind of bleeds together a little bit, but yeah yeah, but she's showing some of her, you know, entitlement stuff mm-hmm so on the same episode, which is next episode, she makes fun of Lorelai for using coupons, but also pays somebody twenty bucks so she can sit under a tree. Which is funny because I think uh, Rory is a little bit more like Emily than she likes to admit. Oh yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, favorite and least favorite performance in this episode. I really like her. Yeah. I, re- I really like that. You know, he's. I love his literal interpretation of things when he's talking about the date. You know, mm. like, what what was he... he was, Lorelai was asking him about it, and, you know, like, he doesn't understand nuances, I think, sometimes, and I know it's played for comedic effect, but he answers everything very literally. 
And I really like that about him. Yeah. Because, you know, sometimes there are people that just ant- don't understand the, the metaphors or anything. Mm-hmm. You know, like, um, oh, like he was going to have her over. He was going to have what his brother's ex-girlfriend. He's going to have her to dinner at the at the mom's house in the living room. And, the, and it turns out the mother was going to be sitting in the living room with them. Yeah. Or something. And then Lorelai's trying to talk him out of it. And he just doesn't really understand why that's an issue or something. Yeah. Um, I just, I just really, I thought he did a good job, you know, and he's, and he's serious about his work too. I think we see that more and more that, you know, he's really into making sure he's financially self-sufficient. Yeah. I, I, and, and the, the worst one uh, was probably Digger. I just don't like that character. Interesting. What about you? Oh, and Rory too. I think Rory was being pretty insufferable. Mm. And then I think I don't think it was up to par, but. I, I know this is gonna like that we're we're at odds on this, but I think my favorite was Digger. I don't know. Really? Yeah, I thought he. he like I just liked his performance and just how witty he was, and I thought he kind of blended in with the show's energy pretty quickly. Like I see that. Yeah. Like he he speaks and performs on a, at a way that like this is how Gilmore Girls is like. You need to be able to talk quick. And I don't know. I just yeah, thought like, he, you know, considering this is, a, he's like what second or third episode or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the first one where we get like a major interaction between him and Lorelai. I thought it was just interesting. Right. Like he did a pretty good job of adapting to things. And I think like performance wise, at least that was good. Like mm-hmm. uh, maybe his character's awful. Maybe you know, jury's still out, but I did the think actor. at least. His acting, his performance, yeah, was pretty good. Um, yeah, yeah, I would say Rory, and I and again, you know, this is Alexis Bledel's first acting role. Yeah, um, I think that I, I don't know. I think it was, I, I think the exasperation is probably right on target. But mm. there's something about it. I think there could have been more to it. Um, it seems like not as subtle. Um, yeah, but I think also I think Luke did a good job. Yeah, but that was also a little top. I don't know. Um, I wasn't a fan of Paris in this episode. I don't know. I felt like she was a little too grating compared to normal. Um, yeah, and, and Tana actually, I think you know, at first, I think I mentioned Tana has like least favorite performance, but I think she's actually doing better now. Yes. Yeah. It looks like she feels more comfortable. Yeah, and like I don't know, it just seems like. Because this was the one with uh, Paris and Jamie, right? Where they're arguing and she's not answering the phone. He keeps calling. Yeah. Yeah, that just, I don't know. That whole performance wasn't good. Like, I thought it was more annoying than anything. And also felt like Paris is the kind of person who would be more rational and more forward than that. It didn't feel like Paris to me. Some is the writing. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, okay. maybe I just I think it was also her performance too, and I, I don't know. I, I mean, over the top. Yeah, I don't. I just I was not a fan of Paris in this episode. Like, also too, you know, Paris is more than just relationship drama, and mm-hmm. like, and start reducing her to that. Yeah, I kind of like I you know it, it's interesting that like I don't know. I think Paris needs a win. Like she just needs a win that's mm-hmm. just like her succeeding and doing well regardless of other people and because she didn't get into harvard yeah she you know she 
has put an immense amount of pressure on herself. Her nanny has left. Yeah. What Idaho? The nanny that raised her. Mm-hmm. Um, so she's yeah, she's had kind of a rough go of it, regardless of what we think of her personality. Uh, yeah. yeah, it'd be nice to see her win. And she didn't get valedictorian. Mm-hmm. So she's had a rough year. Yeah. And personally, I just I don't know. Like, I think I, we need more from Paris in terms of storylines because she is a pretty major part of the show. I mean, like whether people want to acknowledge it or not, like, you know, she's, she's been there from the first season and she's keeps on going. So, you know, I just, I don't know. I was just a little, I'm a little disappointed with Paris. Like, well, the lies of wild, the actress that plays her performance, but also like just the story where they're taking her. It's just, I, I need they could have done more with her. Yeah. Hmm? And I, th- like, even if, like, I get it, maybe you do the fact that, like, Paris is now out from her parents or the nannies, like, she's out on her own. And, like, maybe you kind of mm-hmm. do a storyline that she just isn't quite equipped to, like, handle life. Like, maybe she's book smarts, but right. she just doesn't have, like, life skills, street smarts or whatever you want to call it. They didn't even do that. Like, they just have her just, I don't know, in relationship drama. It's just not happening. She's, she's well. at risk of becoming a caricature. Yeah, exactly. There's so, a lot of subtlety to it. Yeah. Not that there's a lot of subtlety Paris being with, but you know, when you when you throw her in just to make up it, it seemed like they made up an issue just to come up with a reason for her to be in that episode. Exactly. So, it seemed kind of contrived. I know. I I usually I like Paris as a character and I like Liza Well as an actress and I feel like right now she's just kind of spinning tires in the mud. Like there's just not much going on They're there. Not giving her enough. Yeah. 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 So yeah, I'll give her Lee's favor. But I mean, you know, there's always ways to bounce back so okay uh favorite reference in this episode do you have a favorite well i i thought it was interesting that that um we found out in one episode that um luke has not seen casablanca and a couple other movies but he Mm -hmm. has seen pretty in pink (laughs) yeah that was a little weird like yeah um so and when he said when um uh Kirk is saying like, you know, I'm I'm playing I'm playing pretty in pink in my head and I'm Ducky. Well, in the original ending of Pretty in Pink, she ends up with Ducky and that did not test well. So the the ending is that she does not end up with him. I won't get into more in case. But it's like thirty years old, so you should have seen it by now. I'm not spoiling anything. Um but the fact that he's Ducky does not bode well for him. <laughs> yeah. This situation. But yeah, but Luke's like right on board with it. So mm-hmm. I thought that was interesting. There's also um, another reference too, where like, and it was this was my favorite. Like Kirk says, "Say I was Tom Cruise, where would you seat me?" And Luke says, "In an acting class." In an acting class. That like, was my favorite. Lines. Yeah. Yeah, and, and it was like, wait, how would Luke know who Tom Cruise is? Like, if he doesn't watch movies, like that doesn't add up. I I think maybe Luke knows of movies and characters, but he just hasn't seen them himself. Like he just knows references, but doesn't. He's been on ATV and seen Tom Cruise though. Yeah, like, I feel like he must know who Tom Cruise is. Yeah, He's how prob- would you not know who Tom Cruise is? Yeah, like, jumping on the couch and all that. Like, I don't know. Maybe he knows well, Tom Cruise. Oh, yeah, I mean, I mean, like, in the 80s, he was in Top Gun. And, you know, like, he's been yeah. in a bunch of movies. So Luke would know who he was. Yeah. And if you've seen Pretty in Pink, he knows who Tom Cruise is. Not that Tom Cruise is in there, but it was the whole 80s. Yeah. Thing. I again, I just want to. I could see Luke being a character who knows references because he's probably just picked them up from being around others, but he doesn't. Maybe hasn't seen the movie. Like, maybe he knows 
that Ducky is a character from Pretty Pretty in Pink, but he hasn't seen Pretty in Pink. If that makes sense. It's a couch jumping on Oprah because did that coincide with this? I think this would have been slightly after this. Okay. Yeah, because I think I, I want to say that was like 2004, 2005. So. Okay. So let's see. Uh. Yeah. When was that? So yeah. It, so I guess it was it was 2005. Oh, okay. So. Yeah, because I I grew up in Clearwater, which is like the headquarters of Scientology. So I know we definitely knew about Tom Cruise. Yeah. He lives he lives downtown now. He's just one of many many houses, mm-hmm. but he lives in downtown Clearwater on like one floor of a penthouse building or something they just built yeah um but uh yeah i thought that line was great mm-hmm. and i like luke's delivery of it too yeah or i like i like kirk's line of i didn't agree with the mailboxes but didn't he say something like whimsy goes with everything like yeah. he's just like he just sells his ideas like he it's interesting because he's he's not confident in some things and then he's very confident when it comes to his business stuff yeah it seems like he seems like the kind of guy that, like, when he takes on a job, he probably reads all the pamphlets and books and just becomes very familiar yes, with what he's absolutely. selling. And he and he follows the rules. He's a rule follower. Yeah. You know, or the other little thing is, remember when the lady at the bakery died, and you know, he told Lorelai to get out of the way because because the lady wanted to go around the square one more time. Or he's like, you know, she can't see. You're blocking her view, and it's like she's dead, Kurt. Right, right. right. Like what? Yeah. Yeah. But just the whole thing of like that, he's very literal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I, I thought he was great at us, but yeah, that was my that was my favorite line. Is yeah, where would you see me in an acting class? Okay, uh, my favorite quote. Uh, there was a few good ones. Uh, I'll probably say the thumping balls. Uh, that good one. I, I just like M- or Lorelai's uh, like little laugh there. Like I don't know, anytime Lorelai laughs like that, I always just I find it funny. She chuckle yeah. yeah it's like it's I, very I like also, it's very immature but it's also really funny at the same time too right well i think also too you know that that it's very important for emily to win and i think that's very common with narcissists they want to win and so she goes on this whole thing about the neighbors with um you know they gave out king-size candy bars when they had full size you know they were going to take care of this problem or whatever and lorelei says something like oh well you know the neighbors would have gotten me blah 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 you know oh yeah she's she's serving like like individual cakes or something yeah and she's like oh the neighbors would have got me a full-size cake like just to bug the mom and you could see i'm like oh yeah <laughs> yeah emily does not like being outdone no she doesn't know mm-hmm. and, and then there's a little mess then they talk about what the the neighbor's tennis ball machine that's where the ball thing came in the yeah. neighbor's tennis ball machine is like is like off or something and then then later in the episode um suki goes where are all these tennis balls from or something mm-hmm. which i think implies that what that the richard and emily reported it or did something or i can't i don't know what the but it kind of goes back to the beginning and, and you know you don't often see that with this show they don't always bring up later by another character something that was said earlier yeah so i kind of like that do like a callback within the episode mm-hmm. but just randomly she's like what are all these tennis balls? yeah Okay, uh, behind the scenes trivia. I think there's a few for this episode. Uh, let me pull it up here. Um, okay, I forgot I had it up and I closed it. Um, oh, 
yeah the this episode is basically the introduction of lulu which spoilers she sticks around so oh, really yeah kirk kirk good boyfriend material apparently so she just looks so enamored with him and i thought that was really nice you know there's somebody for everybody so yeah all right is this uh, episode Lorelai goes, you know, all we want is someone that, you know, we get along with that we can, you know, be just hang out with till we die. <laughs> something like that. Yeah, I think this that's this episode, yeah. When she says it's a digger. I think so, yeah. When they're under Oh no, she said it to Kurt when she talks to Kurt about dating or Kirk. You're Kurt. Yeah. Alright. I think it's time to give this episode a score. What are you thinking score wise? I give it a seven, a six or a seven. It was, it was there. I think they could have done more with it, but it is what it is. What do you think? Uh, I'll give it a seven. Yeah, it's one of the stronger episodes, but yeah, it it is a little bit of filler. Like it's not the most exciting episode. Not too much goes on. I mean, it moved Kirk's life along, but yeah, like it wasn't like a hugely like. I think you could mostly probably like I think to myself, can I skip this episode or not? And most times I would say you probably shouldn't skip any episode, yeah. but right. I, you so know, this is, this is one that I'm a little on the fence. Like I think you could probably skip it, but mm-hmm. like it's a lot of introductions. Like mainly it's like, oh here's Digger, like more fully. Here's Lulu, mm-hmm. stuff like that. But yeah. Again, we'll see if just you know shared hatred of parents is enough to keep um, Lorelai interested, or maybe they just are like Alex and they go on two dates and then we never hear of Digger again. It just disappears and then she mentions him casually in passing. Yeah, remember, or Dave. Remember who Digger? Goes to college? Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Or they just said of Alex. Well, we I just haven't heard from him in a while. We haven't talked in a while. I'm like, yeah, because he's not on the show. Yeah. But again, you know, we have that thing of winning and losing with narcissists and Emily. So that's the mental health yeah. standpoint. Mm-hmm. And sometimes when you, you know, when somebody asks somebody out and you have shared, like, trauma from relationships, that doesn't always bode well. No. And in this case, Digger and, and Lorelai with their parents, they both have, you know, unresolved anger towards their parents. Mm-hmm. So when you have that as the thing bringing you together, that, that doesn't always mean it's healthy. No. Okay. Well, Steph is over at stephaniesarkis.com. Gaslighting is the book and Talking Brains is the podcast. And I'm over at threeingrenerds.com where almost every other day got some content going up. And with that said, we'll see you all next time. Bye for now. Bye.